1: kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. Late into the weekend, we are Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Uh, A little housekeeping. Um, Still cancer-free after a year and a half. That's good news. Uh, Did not realize this, but uh, looked it up this week, Chris. Next week, 10 years of the show that would eventually become Shake Them Ropes.
2: Mm-hmm god there's and so you've been many here
1: for like seven of them i think i know <laughs> so uh, many
2: memories so gonna, many yeah
1: here, here's a. Here, I, I like here. to
2: think of all the friends we made along the way
1: <laughs> all of them in the voices of wrestling discord yeah Who go who's that jerk oh don't you know he works here <laughs> I've, I've seen that at least three times it's like look at this terrible opinion you know, Jeff works for us, right? <laughs> uh, do you remember what? Uh, you probably won't, but uh, we had the most unoriginal name, Rob and I, for like five episodes. It was uh, Rob and Jeff Talk WWE. Mm. <laughs> that was the name of the show. But I'm trying to get him for a little bit of audio uh, to splice in for next week's show. Uh, I was going to ask you if you knew who PDQ Bach was, but I don't know if if, if if this music conversation would go anywhere. No. Okay. Uh, Kind of a parody satirist of classical music historian, but he knew his stuff, and that's how I learned a lot about classical music back in the day, so uh, we'll skip it. Uh, any banter you want to get out before we get to the grabs?
2: Uh, <laughs> I've been Ubering recently. And I guess I'll share an Uber story. The are are, are you
1: a talk to people Uber? Or are you a? Uh, oh hell I'm yeah! A, oh, uh, really? yeah. Okay. oh yeah! Oh yeah!
2: Dude, do that. I mean, you got to read your. You got to read your people. But like, you, if you're playing for tips, like, or I mean, let me put it this way: if you are doing Uber and you don't have a tip game worked out, you aren't actually doing Uber. You're just killing your car. You need to be getting tips because that brings up your hourly rate upwards of 30, $35 an hour, if you can do that with your surge in the surges and all that stuff. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, like on, on the weekend nights and stuff, I, I can average that comfortably. So, but I was, I was working during the week. I live right by at the airport here. Um, we get like, you know, airport runs in New Mexico. I mean, because we don't have that many airports, sometimes you can get a long one that like pays a larger amount of money. Uh, and I had one that took me north of Santa Fe, like actually north and then south of Santa Fe. Uh, and I was coming back, and I turned on like my little destination router that that gets you gets you rides on the way back so that you're not you know your ride home's not a total wash or whatever, right? And I, and I have a stop uh, in a in like suburb north of Albuquerque known as Bernalillo. and i I see my 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 customer's name edwin and i'm like oh he's out in the boonies but like everything in bernalue is out in the boonies like you know know, you're north of albuquerque at this point but like south of santa fe there's like nothing but reservation so i drive out to the destination it is a dirt road or like it is like a you know dusty (laughs) dusty road there are no houses this is not a residential area i see a car i see my future passenger my and my new best friend edwin um, out on the side of the road yelling at the driver of this car, his girlfriend, calling her a bunch of words that we we try not to use on the show here mm-hmm. in a string and goes, that's my Uber, I'm getting in my Uber. And so then he gets into my car and he gets into my uh, passenger side rear back yes. and rolls down the window and proceeds to continue to repeat many of the words that I cannot <laughs> use here on the show out the window like leaning out the window and goes all right chris man i've had enough of that word i can't use let's let's go to a gas station and i'm like that's not what our route is here he's like no let's let's just stop at a speedway real quick and i'm like all right fine we can stop at a speedway like you know i'll get you something at the speedway sure whatever i'll give up with the tip okay sure whatever take him to speedway cool um it's closed though because everything's closed because it's after 11 o'clock so he's like (laughs) let's go to another gas station so i drive him to the second gas station it's still closed because it's still after 11 o'clock so he wants (laughs) to go to a third gas station and i'm like all right edwin we go to the third gas station There, his uh girlfriend ex-girlfriend i don't know their current status we we did not exchange numbers at the end of this incident and she's there edwin gets out the car and he's like i'm gonna go with her and then he goes up to her and just starts swearing at her uh, and like then he gets back in the car i'm like i thought you said you were gonna go with her i thought we, i thought we were done he's like no one more gas station and then we're done or one more gas station and then we go back and we're done and i take him to the fourth gas station it is also closed and edwin's like let's go to one more gas station i'm like no edwin We have gone to all of the gas stations. (laughs) You have two options now. You can go to one last gas station. Hold on.
1: I have a point of question. Did he ever tell you what he wanted at the gas station?
2: I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gotta be honest
1: because was like beer you could like make a recommendation we'll go to a liquor store we'll go here I, I,
2: I, i'm assuming it was booze uh I, okay you know I, I can only assume he wanted to like grab a tall boy or something like that you know like four right, Loco you know.
1: if they were yeah yeah, be,
2: yeah before before midnight right
1: <laughs> i need a white claw let's go hit a gas station
2: so i take him to his final gas station because he chooses gas station rather than destination and i'm like edwin you now have to exit my vehicle um <laughs> He exits my vehicle.
0: Books another- he gives
2: me he gives <laughs> me a two star review. Says that I am not polite, but tips three dollars.
1: All right. Yeah. Are you appealing that rating?
2: Uh, not the rating. I I I wrote I you know I'll keep the three, and I I just have been telling the story as car banter. Recently, well, i mean i
1: mean that might lower your average that's i don't know what what the deal is with uber no nah, nah, and- I, I mean
2: you know you get i the other thing i try to do you know is i always tell people make sure to review me make sure to review me make sure to review me just to pull up your average but with the five stars because like the five stars are the easiest to get so you can just keep pulling your average up yeah i've never
1: know? given less than five stars
2: yeah or, I, the, or
1: even less than a 50 percent tip to be honest with you so that's me
2: <laughs> I, I, m- meanwhile i have actually had people get into like you know the back seat of my vehicle and i have like a you know cash tip jar there and, and they're like did someone leave their tip jar in your car sir and i was like i had to stop and be like that's actually my tip jar It's customary in America to tip for services. Well, also,
1: also because Uber, you know, if you give them cash, you get straight there as opposed to going through the company. So, right, yeah, right, okay, yeah,
2: yeah. I I mean, somebody tried to
1: steal your tip jar. Probably, hey, look, somebody left a tip jar in the back seat.
2: Yeah, well, I I grab the money out every every <laughs> ride. You know, no, no, I I don't. I, I leave like four dollars of seed money sitting in the jar, and then you know everything else. I just are, buy. are you one
1: of those cool Uber drivers that like has beverages and snacks in the back of your car?
2: Um, I have a couple of bottles of water in case someone really needs it. Got uh, it. I I have i am i am a cool uber driver in the sense that you know like i do have a vape pen and i have picked up people <laughs> from the airport who are excited to arrive in a state where weed is not under prohibition and i hand them the vape stick and they're very pleased
1: okay well let's talk some wrestling then uh we, top we sp- can if uh, we can <laughs> we, we, are we are yeah, to talk you know, more uber <laughs> never mind i can't think of the word i was going to use yeah Je-
2: jeffrey you want you want you know how i made 35 dollars taking a man to a taco truck
1: no not really very <laughs> say, easily save it for next week we can we no, can have you're chris, right we can have you're chris right. novembrino's uber stories as we got let's see this will bring people back
2: right now when you're sitting on a gold mine of content <laughs> of banter content like your old boy the nov dog awu uh you don't want to fire all your bullets at once. You just kill them, you know? You, you 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 murder the audience with with so much quality that they don't want to come back.
1: Top story, Thursday, new Japan pro wrestling coming out with a release saying Kazuchika, or Kazuchika, or however you want to say it. He says it Kazuchika sometimes, but uh, nevertheless, Okada. I have it in print, so I can't practice the pronunciation. Okada is, uh, will be uh, leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling as of the end of January. Destination unknown. Kind of a big deal, given that he is the biggest star in Japan, and this is something that has never happened before. Um... Most people seem to think he's going to uh, AEW because Tony has been posting some cryptic tweets about it being an awesome day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Still, a lot of people think that Nakamura is going to be the bridge between him and uh, Okada to bring him into WWE, and that Cody Rhodes may also be talking to him a little bit behind the scenes. Um, but it's going to be a uh, interesting thing, especially if AEW signs him, because now you've signed Jay White You've signed Shibata. You've signed Okada. You signed Omega. I mean, what is the it's use like, of...
2: It, it's like it's 2014 all over again.
1: Yeah, but what do you need forbidden door for if you're just going to sign everybody from New Japan? <laughs> that's that's the question there. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but uh, just uh, preliminary thoughts on Okada officially leaving and New Japan announcing it.
2: I, I think him leaving is interesting just because it's really unclear where he's going to sign. Uh, I I don't think it's super clear that he's going to AEW or WWE, and I think there's compelling arguments for him to go to either place.
3: AEW
2: AEW desperately needs a stabilizing ace, and it would be an interesting and potentially high-risk-reward gamble to try doing that with an international talent like Kazuchika Okada or Kazuchika Okada. But WWE, I think, especially with the way they're doing characterization now, seems to me to be the much stronger call for Okada. Okada going to WWE... I think they would have a good game plan for him, a good program for him and a good presentation of him. They can make him feel like a really big deal.
1: I agree with you on that point because I was I was pondering this today. And yeah, I mean you you have downfalls to WWE and, and a lot of people like in various discords and messages, well did they see what they did with Nakamura? It's like Nakamura's in a feud with the top guy on Raw right now. Have they done dumb stuff? Yeah, but that was Vince.
2: That was Vince when, I, right. Nakam-
1: when Nakamura came into NXT. He, he he was part of the one of the biggest cards they ever had on his debut. The one at the uh, Takeover in Dallas, which was a, a ticket that everybody was after. You know that was the Sami Zayn match, and then you also had uh, Balor and Samoa Joe um, head headlining that card. AEW's downside to me. Now, I get you're going to have so many great matches you could have, et cetera, et cetera. But Tony is, for lack of a better term, a little lazy on these types of things in terms of assuming that everybody knows who this guy is and then also kind of keeping the continuity there a little bit. Like, I could see... You know, he would if he, be
2: super commander, right? Like I, I could very easily see Okada being
1: I wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far, but I would I could see him like, oh, he's a part of chaos and he's going to be palling around with the best friends, you know, as, as, as a guy there. I mean, he'll be the ace of the best friends or so. I, I would think he would need a complete repackage in terms of being. A big deal attraction, and maybe not being on weekly television necessarily either. But the danger in that is, I mean, look, we've already had, uh, you know, the, the Don Callis family kind of put to the side a lot of times, and we thought Takeshita was going to be the that big ace that you might need in here. But it looks like because of the Omega stuff that they put that on the back burner a bit, so they don't really know what to do here. I could see Tony just going, "Oh yeah, another great wrestler here," and then you know, Okada doing, you know cheeky skits with the young bucks about stealing one of the Jackson's wardrobe. Like he used to do on being the elite. I mean, it's, it's not all positive. If you look at the AEW thing, because, and I think AEW needs him a lot more than WWE needs him. Um, Especially. I, I don't, yeah,
2: I don't see a clean place where he fits into what AEW is doing. Storyline wise right now. Like, like where they having just changed champions it's a weird time to bring him in. I mean, theoretically, having him beat Samoa Joe would be a good debut,
1: Um, but... But the plan uh, is clearly that you're going to get that belt on Swerve. Yeah. And, and you also have Hangman somewhere in the balance who might be another guy that you do before Swerve. And, it, it, yeah, no, I, I could see that. And then, and then, again, you know, he could go to WWE, go to NXT, and they make him the Chase U exchange student. Or something, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's, there's downsides to both. The thing in AEW to me is he'd need a mouthpiece. He would. I mean... They, right. They...
2: No, there's no there's no way he would And there's no
1: serious manager in AEW other than maybe Don Callis for 75% of his act. But he's also a bit of a goof when it comes, comes to things as well. So, you know, you don't have that Gary Hart with Muda type of thing where it's like he doesn't need to talk because he's such a badass in the ring type of a thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, if Don Callis just completely disbanded the family and was singularly focused on Okada, he might be able to be a viable mouthpiece for Okada.
1: Oh, Osprey was the guy I was trying to think of when I was thinking of Four Guys from New Japan. I have that as a note. It's like, yeah, they took Four Guys from New Japan. Yeah, Osprey is also now with AEW. They have an embarrassment of riches in terms of the quote unquote work rate type stuff.
2: But I also think they're overpaying for what they're getting. Yes. Yeah, in terms of in terms of actual, you know,
1: growth of the product,
2: growth of the product. Right. I, I don't I don't know that any of this stuff translates to growth of the product.
1: Over in WWE, major injury, Seth Rollins suffering a torn MCL and a torn meniscus on this past Monday night's Raw in his match against Jinder Mahal. No word on if he's going to try and rehab it and and keep going, or if he's going to get surgery, or what the plan is now. But uh, Chris, to me, it seems like on Monday's Raw that they ought to the have the wrong Damian
2: man Preece. won. What? I agree. I agree. I agree. You're, it was you time. Don't wish it was to time, hinder gender, huh? You know, it would longer hinder gender.
1: Uh, I think the cash in from Damian Priest might be coming on Monday until they can figure something out. That's that's yeah. my opinion here. Um. Boy, I, I I forgot to check which knee it was, because remember, he, he came back before from a torn ACL uh, in one of the knees, and he was wearing a brace underneath there. I thought he stopped wearing the brace. I couldn't tell. But, uh, yeah, that... Uh, and he was going to be a major part of a WrestleMania plan. So it I guess it just depends on the, you know, if it's slightly torn, maybe he can, uh, you know, rest for a couple months and then do a match in March. That's kind of limited. But, you know, Seth Rollins isn't going to be limited. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on that?
2: I mean, I, maybe he could come back and not be the Joker anymore. <laughs>
1: That's your thoughts on his torn MCL. I hope that (laughs) his MCL
2: doesn't come back as the joke. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, we
1: can always pivot to Punkin and and Drew if we need to. I mean, but you know, it's it felt like Punkin Rollins was going to be your Mania match, and that was going to be a money match in there. So maybe we should hold off and just do Drew and Punk at Mania. I guess
2: that'd be yeah, that'd be good.
1: Tony Khan announcing today on X during collision that hey it's gonna be a return of the ranking system on aew chris how excited are you for that new top 10 well you
2: know i've been saying this now for what feels like for most of my life that ever since the ranking system has departed from aew there's been a market and linear decline in the product and i welcome the ranking systems return because I think it will bring narrative coherence uh, and consistency and quality control to the product that we have not seen um, since the good old days of Chris Jericho being champion.
1: It's going to be gone in six months.
2: Uh, you know, <laughs> here's the thing about you, Jeffrey. You don't believe
1: no, I don't. I'm a cynic. Yeah, you yard. don't.
2: No, no. When, yeah, when you think about you don't believe in this company. And that's why all your, no, that's oh, why all your, no, that's God. why all your takes are crap. It's why they all stink. Oh, geez.
1: Why, why is Jeff such a WWE yeah, stand? No, like... if
2: you were a bigger fan of the company, you'd have better opinions about it.
1: You would be rooting for them instead of criticizing them all the time.
2: Right. Honestly, like negative takes hurt a, Company. This
1: isn't a negative take. It's just it's not. Gonna... Whatever
2: you you don't even you don't even know what's positive anymore.
1: He, <laughs> he couldn't keep track of basically top five rankings before, I, I, and now he has two shows with with the to man, do them. He
2: was seeing other things in his visions than just simply numbers. There were letters. There were words. There were people.
1: Sky blue. Uh <laughs> Uh, on the injury front in NXT, Cora Jade torn ACL looks to be out in nine months after just coming back
2: and, and getting like heavily featured and yeah. pushed in, like having so much of things moved around her.
1: Yeah. They, she toured at a, uh, at a house show, I think in, uh, on the, on the coconut loop as they call it. But, uh, yeah. And they've also, uh, they've also now blamed somebody on TV for it. The, uh, the newly rechristened Maddie uh Renkowski. I think her name is uh Wren something or other they're blaming her now on TV so that there's a feud when she comes back That's uh that's an interesting twist from NXt uh you never so really see that
2: blame blame a baby
1: face well no I, th- I think she's a heel oh or no no actually you know what she was in one of those uh yeah. she was in one of those chase you skits yeah it was one of the girls so maybe, yeah blame a baby face. Oh. and in another rechristening, this time on the good side from WWE, the artist formerly known as the uh, brawling brute Butch is now back to being Pete Dunne the bruiserweight as of SmackDown last night, getting reintroduced in his team with Tyler Bate. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And with Ridge Holland back in NXT, he can be on his own. He can be, he can do British strong style with Tyler Bate. Um, This is nothing but a positive for me.
2: Oh yeah. I know having Pete Dunne back as Pete Dunne (laughs) is extremely positive. And I think this company needs only to give him a showcase match on raw, like a 30 minute, like feature match on raw where he can really show his stuff for people to be right back on board with this guy immediately.
1: Debuts this past week, Nick Nemeth, AJ Francis, AKA top dollar and Dana Brooke debuted at TNA's hard to kill pay-per-view on Saturday. And also on Saturday at new Japan's uh, battle in the Valley, Mustafa Ali appearing and, and or not appearing on video and challenging Hiromu Takahashi to a match. I think that's going to be in Chicago. And I think that's going to be awesome. And then also, um, Shota Amino getting attacked by Jack Perry, who ripped up an AEW contract and is calling himself the scapegoat. Mm. We are going heavy into the... uh, (laughs) into the... uh, 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 fable, I guess, is what we should call it. Um... These men
2: were not hurt during this breakup, and I don't know why anybody would act as though... This breakup hurt these
1: guys. They've Which breakup no- are we talking about?
2: Uh the breakup between CM Punk and AEW uh, and the gotcha. men of AEW. Yeah, you're I mean, clearly, clearly the uh the Jacksons and also Jack Perry have gotten over what happened <laughs> with with <laughs> Phil Brooks. They are not hurt by the departure
1: they're not even referencing it at all
2: they're fine yeah they're fine they're not okay no 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 No. they don't miss her all right (laughs) it's
1: she means nothing to me now she
2: never she wasn't even that cool all right like and it wouldn't have worked out hey there's no way it was gonna work out in the first place she's better off with
1: that guy with the mustang and the british accent
2: yeah, no, it like yeah, no. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like these I'm sorry. It like in addition to I think this, we're going to
1: talk about the Jacksons and the Lazy River. I got a feeling that they're they're going to come up.
2: Yeah, for sure. We can we at once it was it they're it's a bad character but the best promo that they've done in a long time. We'll talk
1: about it. So that'll do it for the news. We are going to go into now into the aforementioned Lazy River of Wrestling Criticism. There is a lot of wrestling that is on television. We try and get to all of it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. Whatever we watched, whatever's on our mind, we're going to talk about now. I am going to start because I want to give some flowers because uh, due to being late uh, last week and also uh, this week, I got a chance to watch SmackDown the past couple of weeks and Bailey is the cornerstone of this WWE women's division. There are bigger stars. There are there are there are uh, you know, th- again, there are bigger stars, there are more are heavily pushed acts, but watching that match with Bianca Belair, she's the cornerstone and I, you know, I'm just going to call my shot. I think Bailey's winning this Royal Rumble. And I'll tell you why because they always do one Raw winner and one SmackDown winner and I think your Raw winner is going to be in the men's side and that's going to be Cody. And I think Bailey's getting this and she's going to call out Io Shirai and she's going to get her or Io Sky, sorry, and she's going to get her one-on-one singles match at WrestleMania finally. But man, she is awesome. Uh she just does all the little things. Uh SmackDown's been Quite entertaining. It's just it's so late in the week that it's hard to get to for me and, and Chris personally. But you know the AJ Styles LA Night Randy Orton stuff's been kind of interesting, especially with the Bloodline. Um, you know they're doing some good things over there occasionally. But uh, your go, Chris.
2: I really like the Judgment Day over on Raw. I think that it. I, I mean, I mean this is kind of a familiar reprise talking point, but I just speak to think that speaks to the consistency of these stories. <clears throat> it's just funny enough to be comedy, like a break from comedy, but never so over the top um, that it diminishes the formidability of the Judgment Day. They still always seem like a credible faction. It's just you have R-Truth in his zaniness woven through it. And our truth and Damien Priest have the fantastic... Money. They're money. so they're so good together. They're they they're such a good foil.
1: I, I'm grading on a curve here because I generally don't. Again, I don't like comedy acts interacting with main event things unless they get beaten down, um, to get heat. Uh, but I also know what do, WWE as a company wants this type of stuff for moments, for video packages later, for Hall of Fames and things like that. I'm I'm gonna ask a question here, and then there's a few other uh, there's a few other um candidates for this but uh you know before i get to that prelude some of our true stuff has has towed that line of racist and and uh, you know and he's dealt with it with good humor but at the same time it you know we've got we've gotten uncomfortable on this show talking about some things but yeah is he the best to ever do this kind of stuff for wwe because i mean santino was really good
2: he's got to be cuz he he, he there's so many different times where r truth has had funny interactions with people like he does he he brings out additional humor from the straight man like and he, it, and he's a
1: madman because he makes those guys corpse even though you know the joke's coming yeah that's the thing they <laughs> they came out with a Tom and Nick Mysterio t-shirt on WWE shop by the way it's just two twin Doms and and our truth. <laughs> it's the best. It it's just so stupid. It's funny and and you know unrepent stupidity is my thing. Um, yeah. Uh, continued though. If if you have anything else on that,
2: I, I I just like I think it it works. And even that the main the main event match with the Awesome Truth versus the Judgment Day. It's Don't tag in. <laughs> it's it's that was that was funny like, yeah. like that it like like so it there i have not laughed as much at wwe humor in a very long time and like i i don't it was I mean, a good
1: I'm, week for wwe type humor if you like that kind of thing because over on nxt both adriana grace and von wagner popped me like adriana grace not the best wrestler in the world, but this character of hers, this beauty queen thing, where she's just so disingenuous to people that they turn her off and they leave. Like like the bit with her doing the speech while people left the locker room. I howled at that. And then Von Wagner and uh, Noam Dar, where Von's basically asking him about the rules for the uh, uh, Heritage Cup, even though he knows what it is. I, I mean, Von Wagner has some sneaky anti-charisma charisma much like uh much like the lone wolf who also yeah, that that thing with braun breaker the the a-holes also very funny it was a good week for wwe style comedy if you like yeah
2: i know um I, I i just and the kind of upward trend of the consistency of the writing and the consistency of the characterization drew mcintyre continues to be a really interesting and compelling character yeah uh i wwe is increasingly a very easy watch even at its length like raw raw didn't feel it was long because it's three hours but it didn't feel like a chore it wasn't an unpleasant it wasn't an unpleasurable three-hour show
1: no i got two other notes for raw one good and one i don't understand at all uh this uh the xavier woods uh ludwig kaiser match again another banger in terms of guys just beating the crap out of one another. I absolutely loved this. Um, I think my question is, and Alex Pawlowski over at Fightful, my friend, um, brought this up, and I think it's an interesting question to ponder. Is it at all possible that this entire Imperium-New Day feud is to set up possibly Big E versus Gunther and him being the one to break the streak? Mm. Now, I wouldn't recommend it because of the whole neck thing, but I could, or I could see like a six man type thing at Mania where, where, where Biggie doesn't have to do a whole lot in there, possibly as a feel good story to have one last match. Cause I don't think he's ever gonna come back full time. But this feels, because we've now had Kofi, we've now had Xavier, they're going up against a three man thing. I to me it just feels like a setup to bring back Biggie in some way. I'm not sure how, but uh, I, I'm just going to put that out there. What do you think?
2: Well, that's certainly one option. I would suggest another <laughs> option: to a classic friend of theirs, uh, the Big Show.
1: Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one thing that I didn't uh, didn't understand. I have no idea why they gave um, Ivar the big win over Otis last week, only to have him lose to Tozawa.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify. <laughs>
1: I like Tozawa, don't get me wrong. But it felt like we are trying to build him up as a singles type of guy. And now it looks like he's going to lose to Tozawa, and I think he's going to lose to Chad Gable also. And look, I'm sure Maxine's very nice. I don't think she brings a whole lot to the act necessarily, but uh, did this confuse you as much as it did me?
2: I mean, I don't lose a ton of sleep over (laughs) what ivar and valhalla are doing on a regular basis because it seems like the planned kind of more heavy push of ivar has been stopped
1: it is it's, ivar right not eric i'm, I'm right it's on that ivar one. no okay, it's ivar yeah it's okay. ivar
2: yeah yeah eric uh eric's the ba- the bald bald one
1: gotcha uh yeah no that just that just was like okay i thought we were we we're gonna go he's gonna go through them and then he's gonna like run into somebody like bronson reed and we're gonna have like two big hoss fights again you know we're getting a hoss league finally in raw and i'm all about that uh your turn sir
2: um okay let's go over i let's go to the land of aew
1: yes let's um what do you want to start with
2: boy uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with diana perrazzo anna jay and timeless tony storm
1: okay (laughs)
2: I, so, last week, the way Diana Purrazzo sort of set up the match with Anna Jay, the implication was that she was going to make an example out of Anna Jay's arm to Tony Storm. And that should have been the way this match finished off, not just simply a submission, but that, like, Diana Purrazzo shows off a mean streak, especially given the fact that we have been casting tony storm as no less than a tweener here for the last several weeks uh i mean I, she's nominally a heel but is she they applaud her when she's coming out there's no booze she gets she's pops her, yeah yeah i mean, you know what is a heel with no booze you know what i mean like y- you can say dominic mysterio doesn't earn his booze but no one debates that he's a heel
1: I don't understand bringing Deanna Perrazzo as a big deal and then having her do two 50 50 matches, one with Red Velvet, one with Anna Jay, and then cutting. It wasn't even, uh, I'm here to take your title promo. It was, We used to be friends back in the day, and I don't know what's happened to you. And then, and then, and then it, it, it was such a weak, uh, expository promo when all she needed, I'm going to, yes. Uh, have her tear off Anna Jay's arm, hypothetically speaking, and then say, I'm going to do the same to you, Tony. And, you know, Red will be in your black and white film or whatever. Just just something a little more menacing and a little more of a call out versus we're doing story and they have a backstory when they were in Japan together and everybody knows this. So, hey, member berries for everybody type of a thing. Just do the straight up pro wrestling promo where I want to kick your ass and I want that title. And that's all you would need and this was a problem in the roddy promo as well it's just the the and because and, roddy has to scream random stuff during the promo and, and instead of getting to it and it's just but that like, is not a, like
2: screaming someone's name is not a tagline this was never this was not a particularly <laughs> funny bit to begin with but only actually made sense when you were doing it with Adam your best friend that you were just trying to annoy the shit out of like that was the whole premise of that being funny is it would be like if every time i was trying to speak on the show here i screamed jeff's name and then tried to have a completely normal conversation it only it's (laughs) only it's only funny because of the intimacy right like it's not funny if you're just screaming like you know becky like You know, like, you know, someone random person's name. Like, I don't, you know, know Becky, so, like, me screaming her name's not funny. It's funny when, like, you know, you've known Paul your whole life and you're screaming Paul's name. Uh, I, to go circle back, though, real quickly to the Daniel Parrazo thing, I also think that we used to be friends narrative doesn't actually work when Tony Storm is this timeless character, like yes, there's no time, so you can't and there's refer-
1: no and there's no history within this right of uh, this no company history. to right. do this. Yeah, and and then Tony ate P- Diana alive, calling her a um, was it an over tanned hag, <laughs> in a week where she was taking crap for her appearance. I mean uh, that was a little bad timing, I think, on that part. But yeah, no. Uh, uh, she she's so overwhelmed, Deanna Purrazzo that I don't want to see a Deanna Purrazzo match now, which oh, yeah, is no. odd, because I love Deanna Perazzo and I I think her and Tony Storm can have a great wrestling match. But this feud is so one sided, and it still appears like that the end game is Mariah. It, it just it just doesn't interest me.
2: And this is like I mean the danger that someone like Okada needs to look at. Like, yes. Yeah, you know, it doesn't actually take that many weeks of bad presentation for the bloom to be off your rose in a serious way.
1: Uh, Things I liked in AEW this week, uh, one quick one, and then I'll expound on the other one. Uh, Dustin and Christian was just great old-school comfort food for two guys over 50 who just know how to work. I I adored that match. But uh, the Hook Joe intro on Dynamite this week was fantastic. It was the best intro to Dynamite I think they've ever done. It hyped the main event. It told you to stay tuned for the main event. It told you who the two guys were in the main event. It told you everything you need to know about the two guys in the main event. Now, once we got to the main event, it was a good match. I wouldn't say it was a great match. But for me, I think two things. Number one, uh, Hook needs a little bit of work on both selling and his comeback, because his comeback looked like he was flailing a bit, and he looked small compared to Joe, of course. I wish he'd go on an excursion um, to Japan and, 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 uh, and learn the ways of the Japanese. Let's put it that way. Um, but the story also was, okay, this is Hook's moment. Everything should be focused on Hook. And, and when they were doing the whole, you know, Joe beats him, Hook gives him the finger, Joe comes back to beat on him some more. That should have happened two or three times. And then you should have let Hook have his moment of just laying there in the ring, much like Orange Cassidy did when he lost the international title originally, and get the applause and make him a star-star type star. Not just a guy who had a great match and got some applause and got over with the crowd because he was over with this crowd going in. Instead, they ported all of that shine over to Hangman Page making the save and also... Swerve being in the audience, and he's, you know, kind of a de facto baby face now. So everybody's yelling, Whose house? Swerve's house, and doing the dance while you're supposed to be focused on on this great feat by hook, standing up to the champ and going toe to toe and never quitting. Like Joe should have kept coming back and beating him until Joe was just like, I'm fed up with this. I'm going back out of here and I don't need this crap. And then Hangman could come out. And help him up raise his hand and that's it but instead, i don't think yeah.
2: hangman should have come out to save hook i don't either hangman's promo in this new character that he's doing which is somewhat reminiscent of a constipated bill shatner <laughs> very much speaks in the language of a heel that this this adam page character is like i'm gonna get the title back by whatever means necessary like so coming out and saving hook i think made no sense it would have been more like they have taz takes off his headset and he goes this is hard to watch at some point taz should have gotten in the ring or should have gotten by the ring and visually been like sort of yelling at hook stop you know like stop giving him the finger or whatever yeah 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 like basically a father with- caring
1: for his son at some point, you know, get that yeah. emotional connection in there type of a thing.
2: Honestly, that would have really, as this was good. And in watching it, I saw the potential for this to have been great. Uh, the, I, you you were right to highlight the intro package and stuff at the start of the show. Really nice stuff. In terms of Hook's offense, I think he needs to waylay into people more, especially on that comeback. It needs to look more, you said flailing, um, it needs, it does, it needs to be more Tasmanian devil-like, that that it is just like a whirlwind of like cl- clobbering blows. Um his boxing offense, though, needs to look more real and convincing. Yes. and that's right what now- I meant by flailing because yeah. he's dressed in yeah.
1: the boxer shorts and he's doing yeah. wide swings like this. Yeah. And instead yeah, his- of just doing, you know, tight jabs and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, like basically he should be speed bagging a guy, like hitting him with, like, upwards of, you know, 30, 40 blows. Like, and the commentary should probably put over that, like, when Hook gets going – he has the fastest strikes per second of yes. anyone in the company, something like that. You know, uh, these sorts of things would go a long way, especially during a comeback. Uh, I, I liked. I mean, there's a there was a lot to like about the match, but yes, not having Taz more. Taz should have given up the veneer of being objective yes. halfway through the match.
1: Yes. No, that, and, that's a great call. I haven't heard anybody talk about that yet.
2: Like, he should have went into the match trying to be professional. And then as the match progressed, as Joe's aggression continued, and as the possibility of his baby boy winning the title increased, Taz should have basically broken from his commentary character and, like, said, I got to leave and take off the headset and go down and manage his kid.
1: I'll give hook a lot a lot of crap because that that Irinagi he took into the announce table looked like it sucked to take It looks like he took that thing neck first and then he immediately took a power bomb onto the apron. um I haven't heard that he's injured, but if he was and he kept going, you know uh I mean <clears throat> that that yergi sh- shot I just i i I howled because I thought he was you know I thought they had knocked him out legit but uh, Joe is the best champion they've ever had in this company. And I kind of don't want him to be a transitional champion. I kind of long may he live. Um, yeah. Your turn.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Joe, Joe has been an incredible stabilizing force for this company. I guess now we have to move to the mustachioed young bucks here. <laughs> um, you want first shot at
1: this? Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna probably surprise you with the opening salvo here. This is my favorite Young Bucks promo that they've done in a long time, because at least they have a friggin' character here. Uh that being said, I, I don't care about executive vice president wrestler characters that are meta commentaries on what they actually are. And I also think, like, there's a weird... So, the type of person who would, like, want to do a bizarro character of themselves as a dick on television as sort of a way of saying, I'm not a dick, is the type of person I'm inherently skeptical of being a dick.
1: I'm going to add a a wrinkle to your analysis on there because if you haven't figured this out... They're doing um, they're not only parroting themselves as EVPs, they're they're doing uh double Vince McMahon's. Vincent, you know, they're now calling themselves yeah. by their real names. They have the mustaches. They've used a couple of buzzwords that Vince has used in terms of uh, uh, you know, like change the world, I think was one of them. Um, but uh I agree with you on the office politics stuff. I, I I've long said I don't like office politics I don't like heel authority figures I don't like I also
2: people. don't really care about a parody of Vince McMahon in 24.
1: I agree I I, I will here here was my note um because I also kind of agree with you that this is the best this is the best uh, promo they've done in a long time on television which is a low bar as you also have stated I don't think they went absurd enough. They're towing that line of being satire, and they're getting too much praise. I, I I love Brian Alvarez. I think he's the best at it here, but they over he overpraised this way too much on Observer Radio. Um, they're not absurd enough. They're towing that line of, uh, you know, being cheeky and making meta references where if they were going to just be absurd ex- we're executive vice presidents and keep that absurdity when talking about sting you know sting terrible employee didn't have the decency to put in his two weeks notice when he decided to he was going to hang him up or whatever you know doing that kind of absurd officer type stuff and going into the absurdity of the character choice that they've made Instead of just going, they went half-assed with the absurdity. Is my point. They they're, they're they're trying to be clever instead of absurd, which is what they're doing. They they're being you know, I mean, everything about them is being absurd. Yeah, you know, even the setup should be you know, Renee, you should have to come to our office to speak to us because we are executive vice presidents now. We don't need to come into these chairs, et cetera, et cetera. They need to go heavier into how being how stupid this thing is to really get these guys over his heels. I know everybody's gonna gonna go with the uh insidery references and oh you know you know look for Easter eggs and stuff like that. But as a pro wrestling character, this is where being more broad would work, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean if they're gonna be the executive vice presidents, I think two things need to happen. One if you're really going to do this, they need to actually have more of an active role in terms of on screen. You guys are having a match, matchmaking sort of things. Like you're the vice presidents. Like you, you should be kind of doing that sort of thing. And second, I think they need to be actually just more completely irredeemably bad yes I, like i think that that's what i even, meant too yeah that's it's not I mean. not not even about yeah about absurd not like seth rollins ha, ha, ha. i i like i want them
1: to i mean be, bad people as executive uh, yeah. vice president that's I want what i them, meant
2: yeah i want yes. them to be dicks like like they should have an interaction with sting where they're completely disrespectful to him they should have
1: fired renee
2: that would be good at but, the end of like, the interview, this interview, at,
1: this interview did not meet our expectations. You're fired.
2: That would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah, like and and re, like, that would be a good little minor storyline too. Like we're you know two weeks off for Renee or whatever. And yeah, that would be great. I, yeah, I, just
1: just being bad vice bad people who are vice executive vice presidents. That's yes, all you need to do, really. But
2: they need to be actually bad. Yes. You know, yeah. And that that's the problem. Is like right now it's like. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of a, you know, jerk. But they're yes, not, yeah. yeah, they're not bad. They're playing yeah. Don
1: Amici and Ralph Bellamy from uh, Trading Places type of jerks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they're making a bet for a dollar to see if you know what they can do to people. To yeah, Mortimer,
2: Mortimer and Randall.
1: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I wanted. To, it's odd that I'll ever tell the Bucks to go heavier into things. This is one that needed to be heavier. From them because now that they're, they're, they're being, um, not obtuse is the word for, for, I mean, it, it, it's a half-assed character choice to me, but, uh, yeah, your turn, sir.
2: Uh, what, wasn't that my turn?
1: Oh, it was. Okay. Yes. We, uh, yeah. I felt like I talked most of it though. Uh,
2: oh, oh, oh so that's how, that's how we're scoring these now. <laughs> we don't really
1: score. No, I, <laughs> we don't have I, points. I... Uh, little love also back into NXT territory. I really enjoyed that uh, Anofi and and Malik Blade match versus Trick and Mellow.
2: Right? That was actually pretty freaking entertaining. Yeah, Uh, I I think Anofi and
1: Blade have really improved. And look, I really liked Malik Blade in the sweater vest. I got to admit, I thought that was a clever (laughs) character choice with the more flashy Anofi. But um, these two teams worked very well together i thought
2: yeah no great chemistry nice combination of <clears throat> high flying offense and ground offense like good good ratio of that for for my taste uh and, and a really nice pace to this i i thought that this was pretty good uh the next segment on NXT obafemi closing the open challenge i i thought was a bit lame oh um, really I, okay yeah I, I liked the actual idea of closing the open challenge i thought that was good i just thought the promo way overstayed its welcome i liked
1: i liked him a lot at first when i thought he was a baby face and then he shifted to being a heel and you're like oh these guys want to cheer him let him be cheered type of a thing uh, he had good poise like he was doing uh was it the laughing, or he was doing kind of an L.A. Knight thing when L.A. Knight goes, yeah, when he's end, ending a point. I forgot what it was he was doing, though. It was like a growl or something towards the end so he could recenter himself for the next line. And I thought that was an interesting choice given how little experience he's had doing this type of thing. um Yeah, Dra- Dragon Lee and and, and Femi does nothing for me, though, in terms of a match. Dragon Lee lost. here
2: Here is a big problem for me, too. So Dragon Lee is guaranteed a rematch, yes, for his championship. But like WWE has had that established, and that even went away, and then it came back. Obafemi can't take away rematch clauses,
1: no, and and because he won via a cash in versus an actual match, he should be required to have to defend against the champion in a one on one match. Right? Yeah, that's, that's right. always been, yeah, good storytelling to me. Um bad storytelling if i may we did all this work for lyra valkyria with becky lynch and her you know you know she's she's the next irish star to come out there she worked hard it was a very endearing story that they told with her great match with becky lynch to then stick her in this stupid Single white female feud with Tatum Paxley. I, I will not her.
2: hear this, sir. I will not hear this, sir. This Tatum because Lyra Valkyrie has
1: improved on promo. She's improved on poise as champion. She, I I wasn't a huge fan of hers before, and she's started to, I've started to warm up to her. And, but this, this thing is, this sucks, Chris. I'm sorry. It sucks. I, I can't stand it you know, with the feathers and we're going back to the lore stuff. And I don't want the lore stuff. I want her to just be a good champion. And 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 instead we're getting, you know, single white female again, you know, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. And I hate it.
2: Yeah. I I can't say that the Tatum Paxley character is the best thing in the world. Uh, She does good work. Yes. Like like I was like the character
1: work she's doing when she's mimicking is actually pretty good.
2: Mimicking and also even like modulating the way she does offense in the ring to be more Lyra Valkyria. Yes, like like I I thought that was pretty cool.
1: But Um, but the story sticks. The
2: story sucks. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't disagree on that. How are Um, we feeling
1: about Roxanne and getting thrown in there with Lyra? Because I think what's going to happen is either Tatum screws. Lyra there or she cheats and they and then we're gonna end up turning them heel or something like that. Or there's gonna be that uneasy alliance like Sting and Luger. But I, I just it's one of those things where it's like we're going back to Roxanne, I think, way too early. I think Roxanne actually should be moved up after Mania, but that's me. But uh
2: What yeah. are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean I I would turn Roxanne heel, but then Oh really? Yeah.
1: Oh no! I would never turn Roxanne Perez heel ever, ever. It's just—it's one of those things where it's like that's like Bailey when she was in the hugging phase. And everybody wanted to turn her heel because you know this gimmick doesn't have a lot of shelf life. And look, no,
2: I—I I think that they have written themselves into a corner with Roxanne right now, where she okay. needs a, a short-term heel turn.
1: All right, that'd be interesting. Um. Yeah, like I just, you
2: know, you, it could be a she lost her way sort of heel turn. Well, they've uh, been
1: hinting at that a little bit from yeah. time to time too. You know, where she's being a little more aggressive on interviews and things like that. I just, I just, Chris, as as big a cynic as I am, I just want something pure and optimistic in this in this world. And that That's was Ron why you San have Perez. me. No, oh God, no. <laughs>
2: I I'm nothing if not pure and innocent.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I think of when I think of the no.
2: Me, too. Me, too. No dog is pure. Awu.
1: Do you have anything else?
2: I don't know that I do. Uh, No, I think I'm good here. Uh, Okay. No, no, I'm good. I'm good.
1: you sure? Last chance before I end the show. Uh,
2: No, I was, like, looking at the Lola Vice thing, but we just kind of already talked about that. I think Lola, Lola continues to be, you know, solid, good screen presence.
1: Boy, Carmen, uh, not Carmen Electra.
2: Electra Lopez. Electra
1: Lopez. Thank you. Boy, went from, from went from being part of the uh, part part of a uh, Legado del Fantasmo to now getting being the person who's going to put Lola Vice over. That's just uh, yeah. No, that, that that women's battle royal was nothing special, but I thought there were some. You know, I you know I always think Keanu James is good. Uh, Thea Hale is just a maniac. She's great. I don't I don't know what we're gonna be doing with this OnlyFans Chase You story. I'm a little frightened by that, to be honest with you. You know, the AL hey, still you somewhat to me, but you know, it's it's you know, it's one of those things. But uh you're a big Lola Vice fan, so I'll let you have it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> we'll end the show there. You can follow me on X at Crap Game13. You can also follow the show, Shake Them Ropes, all one word. I update that when we uh, upload things. We are part of the voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network still going strong after 10 years for us uh lots of podcasts for all your uh all your various fandoms if you're a fan of Puro, we you you got shows for that if you like uh you know if you like TNA i believe you know Garrett Kidney does great work for that TNA historian we have uh days of thunder we have the good the bad the hungry and of course the flagship with Joe and Rich i do a show called the dynamite show very original title over on fight game media on what do you
2: guys talk about
1: I think we talk about Dynamite about 20 minutes after the show ends. This week it was myself and Kevin Ely breaking down. He has a very droll, dry sense of humor, so we got along really well on there. Uh, that's available on all your various podcatchers or on YouTube Live 20 minutes after the show. Chris is here. He, he can be your personal Uber driver if you wish to hire him and tip him and give him better star ratings. Uh, he also does uh, guitar lessons and uh, is basically hustling out there. Chris, plug your stuff.
2: Yeah, if you want guitar lessons, follow me on Instagram. instagram Instagram.com slash D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. And if you want Uber rides, just message me. I mean, like, get them without the app. It's way cheaper that way.
1: Or hire Chris as your driver, your butler. Would you you, you wear the uniform if I hired you as my butler or as my driver? Like the hat? Be like driving Miss Daisy. It'd be a lot of fun. How
2: how much how much would you pay?
1: At minimum wage no. <laughs> plus tips. No, I'd pay well. I, I can't afford you. you too right. Expensive. No no no. Dude.
2: That that's true. That's true. I'm I'm a forty dollar an hour man.
1: We'll see you next week for the tenth anniversary
0: spectacular. Oh my god! Can't wait.